this uh, med meditation hall a few minutes before uh, the actual uh, before the top of the hour when when we meet so it's a generous thing to do to come a couple of minutes before so we're all settled uh, when we uh, when we start so thank you for that and what we'll do now is we'll sit for maybe 25 30 minutes like we did before the Q&A And then uh, maybe I'll share some ideas about the practice and we'll see if it's helpful or not. And these two um, kinds of qualities that we invite when we practice both formally or informally in our lives, if we want to bring uh, you know, mindfulness in our daily life or on the cushion or chair, bench. As we sit, two kinds of qualities. One kind of quality is, um, is something that um, has relaxation to it, allowing or maybe soothing, quieting. So maybe uh, we can invite some calm, or some relaxation, and maybe on the out-breath, it's a good uh, good place to relax uh, some of the body, maybe let go of some of the tensions that might have accumulated, that can be let go of. If you want to take a couple of deeper breaths. And on the out-breath, uh, letting, uh, letting something go that could be let go of. So resting, resting. A part of uh, something uh, calming energies are very welcome in the practice when available. So that's one kind of quality or energy, the calming energies or quality. And then the other one also that is invited is uh, the Kanushka earlier called this alertness. This, this something alive vibrant we you know we if we just had the relaxation we might fall asleep and that's not what we're looking for huh? we're we're working on awakening being awake to what's happening so there's something that is, has a life to it that is um some kind of vitality some kind of intelligence Often for me, it'll show up as curiosity, a kind of curiosity for the human experience. I can take the form of a question, what is it to be a human being? What is it to be alive? What is it to be conscious? And this question is answered not by words, but by attention by wakeful attention, lucidity. So see what it could mean for you in action, in experience, to have one part of a rest and one part of a wakefulness, alertness.
calm and curious. In this quality of mindfulness, there is a there is a freshness in the way we meet life that is cultivated, a freshness, a beginner's mind. Like now we're maybe sitting or standing in our stationary posture. And in a way we've never experienced it before. It's the first time now that we sit. We've never been embodied now before. That's the aspect of curiosity. There's a new look that we take at things fresh look. I've heard this mindfulness defined as discovering the familiar. That's what we're doing here now. We're discovering the familiar. Discovering what it is to be in a breathing body. We discover what it's like to hear sounds, vibrations, or silence. We discover hearing. It was covered by our lack of attention to a lot of other things. Now we discover hearing or breathing. And besides my ideas about it, there's a possibility here to discover what is it like to be a human being, to be what I call me or I. What's that like? In real time, as it's happening,
just enough attention to know there is a body alive here now, just enough attention to experience this directly, and just enough attention to stay, stay with it, with the breathing body, with the sensitive body. to help us, sometimes we can take a little mental note in when the air comes in or out, just to help us recognize what is happening and to invite us to feel it. For a moment, the attention goes to hearing, maybe just naming it, hearing. To recognize lucidly what is happening, what is being known, and as an invitation to experience it, hearing. If the attention gets uh, hooked under the spell of compulsive or habitual or obsessive thinking, we can wake up to this thinking, thinking. And free the mind from being hooked, engaged in the thinking process reclaim attention and discover breathing again or hearing 
always possible to start freshly, to start anew again. There's always a, another present moment that can be discovered. It's always possible to reclaim the attention that is being hijacked by the obsessive mind, the compulsive mind, the habitual mind. To start again, body sitting, breathing, Discovering embodiment, discovering what it is like to be attentive, conscious, sensitive. As we are here with the breath, with the body sitting, the body sensitive, with hearing, whatever we are with, as we sit here, 
we might discover a little bit the state of the mind of the meditator. How's the, what's the quality of the mind meeting the breath or hearing sounds? You might discover the mind is agitated or not. You might also notice if it's friendly in there or if it could be. Could it be benevolent in there? Maybe a little less harsh or a little bit less expecting something else. Just maybe humble, simple, and caring. See if it's possible. Sometimes it is, sometimes it is not. Friendly sometimes mean non-judgmental, non-demanding. It's a bit like a ceasefire inside. We let go for a moment of opinions of how it should be and just meet things just as they are right now. The breath, just like this. The body, just like this. Or the environment, just like that, right now. Can it be okay just for now that it's like this? Can it be known just for a moment as it is?
the mind has often this tendency to build stories around things heard or felt or around the other thoughts that visit it. It loves to embellish, gets fascinated by its own thoughts. And partly we're waking up from that tendency here. Waking up from that fascination that we have for all the fiction that is told in the mind and discovering what's happening here now. The body is sitting, breathing, hearing. Coming back to the simplicity of what's happening. Maybe just a few more moments here. And this, the eyes are closed and you want to for the last uh, few seconds, if you want to practice with eyes open, I recommend you try it for a moment. Just not to make this association that mindfulness or meditation has to happen only with eyes closed and in stillness. There can be, maybe, it can be that same quiet wakefulness that is there as we're we have a dominant sense back and later later as we're moving maybe we'll be able to have the same kind of simple curiosity simple capacity to meet, be touched by what's happening or touch what's happening. Okay, thank you. As the body moves, 
see if you want to, and you know, as, as you maybe you bring your hands like this or not, as the legs maybe move or as you grab your tea or, you know, see if there can be the same kind of uh, careful attention, you know, as you stretch or whatever you do, can there be the same kind of um, presence to what is felt in the moment? Not making anything out of it, just allowing it to be felt directly, simply, you know. I don't know if you um, if you recognize this in the, in your experience, but um, for me, uh, I've noticed uh, that sometimes I feel I'm I'm trapped in my thinking processes. I'm trapped in the in the in a thinking mind because of habits. Sometimes it's just a habitual thing, or sometimes it's uh, feels more like compulsive or obsessive, but um, anyway, the practice has been really helpful for me around this. Um, somehow I think I, I'm not even sure that I knew that I could be somewhere else than in my head, <laughs> my ideas about things, you know always looking at things through uh, preferences, you know, through what I would want to get, and, you know, comparing what was there to what I would want to experience or, you know, being somewhere, but being a little further along, like later in the day or way in the future or stuck in the past, like looking at things through the past or, and especially when I learn to meditate um, 20 some years ago, uh, I was definitely trapped in my mind. Uh, my mind was spinning a lot in fear and, uh, and projections about the future. And, um, you know, as I told, I think earlier today, uh, you know, I've been HIV positive for many years now, but when I learned about it, I was uh, slightly younger, and uh, and there was no medication, and it was it was uh, it was really a, a troubling news. That's that seems like a a euphemism, if that word exists in English. Uh, and there was definitely entrapment. I felt trapped in my mind that was spinning in fear and and uh, yeah, projection and uh, and I, I kept going towards the thinking mind to try to resolve things. I, I didn't know there might be another way to to bring peace or acceptance or you know. Uh, there was another uh, there were some avenues other than thinking obsessively about what was going on and i was very surprised when i learned to meditate i don't know what made me go to a meditation retreat exactly like what what wise part of me <laughs> that i didn't know about you know it, it was much more wise than uh, the obsessive thinking that i kept uh, 
investing on in but anyway uh, when i received the first instructions they they were very surprising to me very very surprising uh, you know the invitation to just feel the body sitting or breathing. what we're doing here you know these are the same instructions that i heard them then and there was a part of my brain that didn't accept it as a possibility like as a as a path you know it was like no i don't have time to be with the breath there's so much coming my way everything's gonna go wrong and bad you know like i don't have time to to be with i don't have time to listen to sound you know there was a part of this but there was also another part that was really intrigued by this uh, suggestion that this possibility very surprised enough to actually try it maybe enough despair also to be willing to try anything and as i did then i still do now find this remarkable that one could actually stop right there and give attention to something else than what seems to be so fascinating and what are the words in english in english engrossing you know my ideas about things you know and it could be for you it could be in the middle of a, a desire for something else you know like you might think i would want to be some somewhere else you know earlier one of us was describing you know like i'm supposed to be in a monastery right now you know and that's the place where i want to be and another of us wants want to be somebody else somewhere else have another existence or not exist you know or you know we have all kind of some of us want maybe think oh i should have started this long before you know like throwing some ageism on ourselves you know like you should have started this earlier you know um and so uh, and so we could we can be fascinated like this by objects of desires or objects of fear and the suggestion is pr pretty radical here as one of you was saying i think radical to uh, Leah, yeah, to um, to actually stop right there, like abandon, uh, and that's there's a like an act of faith in there, or a leap of faith. Is that the expression? Okay, like I'm totally fascinated by that that thing that I want or should be or don't want or fear coming or that happened, you know, and I'm I'm kind of enamored with thoughts around this this you know and i'm invited to actually drop it right here now at least for a few seconds at least for a second you know and then the habit might come back or the obsession might come back but to do that movement of dropping it all together for a moment and just discovering what's happening here what's happening here uh yeah heroism radical leap of faith all these seems to be uh you know uh relevant here you know this uh, uh this uh, yes yeah, switch that we're inviting to do to just uh cut through um that movement of mind that is so yeah entrapping and caging uh and discover what's here now uh, it's a very surprising thing to do. So to me, how is it helpful? Why, why, why am I still doing this? 
why did I, you know, how did it touch me so, so much? What was in it? Well, what comes to mind now is that, you know, when I was doing this, I was in the forest the first time I was in the forest and we were sitting outside in the forest. And the world that I was inhabiting of dis-ease and distress and uh, a lot of very, very dramatic epic for good reasons, I believe. But the world I was inhabiting seems so real and so, um, again, fascinating. It was surprising to me that actually other things were also happening that might be worth uh, experiencing such as, you know, wind and trees. And so my teachers, the way they invited me to switch attention, I noticed was also um, presenting me another life that was happening that I was dismissing, not even no noticing, you know, the quietness in a room the breath, the heartbeat, the coolness in the toes or fingers. Yeah, there was definitely an element of surprise to to discover that these things were going on in the background or, or you know, somewhere else in experience. And by these instructions coming back again and again, because I would, you know, of course, go back to What's going to happen with moi, you know, uh, in the fear of the, you know, the opportunistic uh, diseases that were coming and all this. Um, so the mind would go back there, but then there would be again, as uh, Nushka and I are doing, maybe like the invitation to notice again and again. If there hadn't been the voices of the teachers, I would not have been able to do it. I would not have seen the value of it or be able to to switch attention like this to things very primary very immediate like touch of feet on ground you know or or movement of body as we walk you know stepping stepping but it seems like they were so their instructions were so clear and simple and they so believed it was the right way to go about things and also they seemed so calm and resourced and you know having access to easy access to tenderness or joy you know that i followed the instruction and yeah and to discover that there was another life than the one that i was creating with my mind and with this back and forth noticing more and more that it was actually a, a creation in the moment. It was a creation of a problem that might not be, it was not there at that moment exactly. I don't know if you can follow me if I'm expressing this well, but I, by the going back and forth, like going to the breathing, the hearing, the stepping, and then going back to the story that was told of how it would end up, you know, ugly and painful and all this, uh, I started to notice that the story was actually a story. 
it was it's not easy to see this we're so con convinced it's so seductive it's so like to actually see a thought for what it is as a thought is is not an easy thing and for me uh, this was really helpful in this way that the coming back to reality and then dropping in the in the fiction i'll call it like this you know of course there was the you know the the hiv doing its thing in the body but the dying was not there at that moment it was a made up story but i didn't know that i didn't have that basic discernment really basic discernment it appears now but at that time you know there was i couldn't make the difference i was really going to die like this you know it was reality and by plugging in tuning in again and again in things very basic of the five senses slowly i started to see the difference between the two one was actually happening in the senses and the other one was made up imagined created in the moment you know the hatred of everybody uh, for this uh, you know virus ca carrying person when i was sitting on the cushion was not real it was a made-up story yeah this intense hatred felt you know was self-made i didn't know that at that moment maybe there would be another one that would be you know coming from the outside but there was also a way that the system was producing it for itself and this was definitely extra enough challenge to be in the world you know if i could let go of a part of the burden that was extra that was self-imposed when i say this i'm not blaming of course you know of course there would be these creations in the mind but they were also uh, although they were natural occurring occurrences they also were extra i could actually learn to not invest not nourish not believe in these creations of the mind and get some resp respite and get some freedom in the moment there uh, in the on the cushion where actually many of these things i thought thought i was attacked by uh, i could notice that i wasn't they were paper tigers you know one way that uh, a teacher of this tradition that puts it is um you know the thoughts of your mother are not your mother you know it might be enough to have to deal with her you know that the extra bit you know the extra converse endless conversations and debates in the mind with her to actually know that they're not that <laughs> it's not a debate with so that it's the archetype of the mother that uh, takes a, a blow here in this image, but anybody else, you know, that the made up stories are just that. It's not easy to discern between one and the other. 
and to let go of the fascination we have and the way we are trapped. Although often we think we decide that I'm going to think about this. But as we sit here and try to pay attention to breath or hear sound, I think we will discover that we're taken for a ride a lot of the time. I definitely was taken for a ride a lot and was suffering a lot from that. And to slowly over the years learn to not be so duped, fooled, you know, by the, by these, um, productions of mind, generations of mind. Uh, for me, this kind of liberation, it doesn't solve everything, but it's a huge part for me of my struggles. Uh, this is a slow, progressive thing uh, that happens over the course of practice. And I think that's why I'm still here, because I'm so incredibly grateful to know the difference between a made-up thing in the mind and a thing that actually is happening. Um, so definitely that's one of the ways that um, that this practice was, uh, has been helpful for me. And in the same kind of way also, there's many things in society that I bought into, you know, many ideas, beliefs, norms, you know, that I bought into as true, as real. And, you know, didn't know they were constructed, they were made up, you know, and might not align with my life or my integrity or my you know my experience and yeah as a gay man um this way to pay attention uh, and diving underneath the preconceived ideas about assumptions i have about stuff life me others how it should be you know this is very very slow process and it goes through attending to reality meaning you know attending to the to sensory experience by just being there with the breath it's amazing what can be revealed you know it's not being with the breath for the breath itself i'm so good at being with the breath my practice is finished now because when i want to be with the breath i'm with the breath you know it's, it's not you know it's not kind of mindfulness for its own sake, you know, like it's not for this. It's because as I pay attention to the breath or to sounds or to hands resting, at some point, something would reveal, will reveal itself. You know, it's, it was there lurking or undertone or as an ambiance, you know, but I couldn't discern it yet. But as I sit here with the breath, breathing, body breathing, at some point I'll just see the angle. The angle is I'm unworthy. I don't deserve to exist. This, this is the, a kind of a view that was there the whole time, but I couldn't see it. But by attending to something so simple to the breath, 
And as the breath, at some point, self-abuse is revealed or self-disqualifying thoughts are revealed. And they might not even be thoughts because they're beliefs. They're just, there's just a way to see the world that I can't actually become aware of because that it presents the world like this. I'm, I, you know, I'm worthless. But at some point, as I sit, oops, it gets the focus gets it gets seen more clearly. Oh, so just being with the breath, just being with hearing, just being with stepping, just being with the light at this point of day, at some point becomes more clear. You know, the presence or absence of friendliness. I might never have known this before, that the mind was not very friendly, you know, but by paying attention and at some point, maybe the teacher saying, what's the quality of the mind? Suddenly there's this, something else is revealed, you know, or beautiful discoveries, you know, things that I didn't maybe give value to might start to stand out and sometimes uh you know sitting and the mind doesn't make a problem out of things for a few seconds is not looking to solve something is not you know being busy planning or rehashing or there's just this moment of yeah sensing the breath at the nostril at the belly or just being with silence. And suddenly it's get clarified, discernment. It, you know, suddenly there's something in the system that understands that non-struggle is worth noticing. Huh? Because I might not notice it. I might really notice when I'm bugged by something and when I'm in despair and when I'm in fear. And, but I might sometimes, uh, have a mind that is not particularly, you know, light and joyful and ecstatic and, you know, uh, all this, but there might be a, a certain mind that, yeah, has some almost ordinary piece to it. There I say this word because it doesn't even feel like this, but by just noticing that the mind is not looking for trouble, is not rejecting what is there, is not obsessing about something else that should be there. You know? By notice, noticing that kind of mind, um, suddenly I, I, can, uh, I can become aware of how valuable it is that the mind sometimes experiences this, you know, and that the mind can experience this because I might not know I might think oh I'm always in a bad mood I'm always this but by paying attention I might discover a few subtleties about the mind that are that is really wholesome or sane or helpful beneficial
the other day this summer in july end of july i was uh, teaching with uh, a few other teachers in another retreat online retreat so one of the teachers was uh, kamala masters and kamala was uh, just or orally like um, not reading or anything just uh, talking freely like i am now she was uh, defining mindfulness and I really liked her definition, so somehow I want to bring it here and see what we can how we can unpack it a little bit. And so as I remember it, she was saying, first she said mindfulness uh, remembers itself, remembers to, you know, that it's possible to just know, to experience. So. Maybe you've heard that before. So mindfulness, its function, or what it does is it, it, re, it, re, it remembers that we can pay attention. And to me, that's already something here, to remember that kind of attitude where we don't tell things what they should be, or you know what there was, or comparing them. Like we, we don't go at things like this there's a remembering that we could actually just experience things just as they are in this moment. Instead of thinking they should be further along or should feel different. This is already remarkable to me that we could come to something with that kind of uh, no preconceived ideas, not laying any trip on reality, but just remembering something, hold on. I could actually be with this now. So there's this thing that is not happening as I want. Let's be with this. It's, it's like this right now here. Can we actually experience it? And that's a question that is really alive in my practice. Can it be experienced, Pascal? Can it be known? Can it be felt? Can it be okay just for this moment that it's like this? Just for this moment, to allow ourselves to feel things as they are. And in that remembering that kind of attitude, there might be immediately a letting go of, uh, you know, demanding something else of reality or judging or some layer of impatience in our relationship to what's happening, you know? So the remembering that it maybe something can be known so that's Kamala, you know, mindfulness remembers itself, knowing. And then she goes a little bit further in what this quality is. And she says, she says just enough energy to, um, so I'm putting it back in my words here, uh, just enough energy to connect with something and stay with it for a few moments. And I like in there the lightness of the practice, just enough energy. And she's echoing the words of the Buddha who were saying something exactly like this, just enough attention to experience the, the object of meditation or the, the thing, it could be the breath, could be the sound, 
it could be the ache, it could be the uh, experience of grief, it could be the joy, the calm, so it could be uh, in, the, in the, the body, it could be in the heart, mind, in the psyche, if you will. It could be in a relationship. It could be with the news, you know. And so I take this, these as instruction. Can you actually bring just enough energy to receive, feel, and to stay in contact? And that's another aspect of the mindfulness we want to practice it here this weekend. It's important that we're defining what we're doing here. It's delicate work. Um, and, uh, and it shouldn't be exhausting because it's just enough energy to actually feel what is there and to stay in contact. And that's where the wisdom uh, can be born here. If we're interested in developing wisdom, cultivating wisdom, cultivating uh, compassion, as Anushka uh, said, I think earlier, then there's something very powerful in the staying, in the staying a little bit with, because what we do usually is that's where we depart. You know, we experience something and then we depart in opinion, in preferences, in story. Yeah, but in the past, it wasn't like that. Or what I would like, you know. And then there's, in a way, way too much energy used. We can't actually touch the thing because we, we kind of like go through it with our strong opinions and wants. And it's, uh, it's, we're not delicate at all here. <laughs> we come with our, you know, big habits and compulsions and obsessions. And that won't do. That won't do. So it's this art that we, we're learning here to connect with something and stay with it instead of departing in our head with all kinds of stories about it. I don't like, it's boring. No, we stay boring or not, you know, appearing boring or not, we stay. Appearing uh, desirable or not, we stay, you know. And, you know, these instructions are valid for they're valid for the breath. They're valid for hearing, as you've heard the instructions now. But they're also valid for bigger things in our life, maybe. So, you know, we talk about uh, reconfinement now, certainly here in Quebec, probably where you are. You know, and there's something about, you know, I could, you know, be you know, think of reconfinement and depart in opinions. Oh, it's going to be like this. I don't want it. But stay, stay. What's the actual experience of it just now? Just now, can it be felt? Can it be felt? You know, especially if there's no choice about it. You know, is there, is there a way that I can meet this just for a moment, just for this moment? It's never for the rest of our lives in this practice. That's what's beautiful. It's just for this moment. This, can I stay with it this moment and this one now and this one now uh, one moment at a time never more than this you know um, like we could think of this retreat it's not easy being on retreat I don't know how it feels for you at this point of the day but if you're trying to do the sit walk sit walk on your own you know when we all disappear from the zoom it's not easy so if I think of the whole retreat, oh my God, I signed up for this. It's Friday afternoon. I'm exhausted. I'm bored to death. 
I'm full of doubt about it, you know, and I have to do this for two more days, crazy, you know. But if I don't go into my thoughts about it, but I just stay with it, stay with it, all these moments will build up to something. But I never have to, you know, do the whole retreat in one go, in one moment. And so we t take time, uh, stuff, uh, one moment at a time. But there's definitely a staying with, a staying with. And, and yeah, she describes it exactly like I'm trying to, to, to say with uh, when we come in with desire and opinions. She says, um, you know, just enough energy uh, to know the experience as it is and to stay with it. Uh, and she says she said something like, not not in the same way that we meet things that we desire or hate. The way we meet things that we desire or hate is like this, you know, we grasp, we, we you know, we get fused, identified with, uh, I want to have, will I keep, will I be able to have, I want to keep, you know, or I hate, and we, you know, we really like zero in and we really uh, get really um, clingy about things we don't like and things we like. And she's like, no, 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 not here, not here. Here we come much more delicately. We actually allow something to be felt, to be known. And in there, in this kind of relationship, and there's a lot of trial and error and starting all over and getting, you know, uh, you know, uh, get, getting lost in our reactivity. But in there, slowly things are revealed. Things are revealed as another view that becomes available that wasn't. This view has integrity to it. It has intuition to it. It's uh, what we call vipassana, to see deeply, to see clearly. And that's the price, that's the cost. That's the, if you want to see clearly, you, you need to actually allow things to be felt, to be known. And we can't actually put our ideas on top of things. It won't work here. It's much more humble, much more curious, much more fresh, as I was describing. We come not knowing what the breath is. We come not knowing what it is to be a human being. We come not knowing what... Uh, calm is or agitation is you know we can't come in and say i don't want agitation we discover the agitated being that is uh, alive now and a lot of what we'll discover is that things are not as they seemed. In some way, we'll discover that things are not as they seemed or as they were presented by, in our, you know, by our family, by our culture, or the dominant culture. You know, the things are not exactly like this. They're a little different. One of the main discoveries that we'll make uh, 
about things, phenomena, experiences, uh, is that they're not solid. That's, you know, one of the main thing we talked about, we talk about in Buddhism, that things are not solidly what we thought they were, you know. Things are alive, dynamic, changing, and we know this. You know, we know how gender, which is presented to us as solid and unmoving, you know, maybe is not so. You know, what is called presented as solidly uh, solid and true and real, you know, anything heteronormative is presented like this to us. And by paying attention to what's alive inside of us and what's alive, you know, we discover that it's not true. It's not that solid. It's not the one way to go. And we'll discover also that uh, the relationship we have with the different aspects of our lives is also can be changing. You know, it's something that uh, maybe we hate, maybe we'll be able to make space for. And something that uh, seem uh, And it makes sense, might make sense. As we develop the relationship, as we stay, and as something that seems acceptable suddenly is not anymore. You know, or something that seemed to not exist suddenly starts to exist. In paying attention, many things are revealed. So the invitation in the practice is to um, is to pay attention to uh, with just enough energy to experience them to things that are of the present, presently arisen. That's very important. We pay attention to phenomena that are in existence right now. And so what is in existence at any moment? So the Buddha invites us to know the experience of the body, maybe so primary, so simple. While sitting, know you're sitting. While standing, know you're standing. When walking, know you're walking. So incredible, incredibly simple. Noticing this, the posture, and staying just enough energy to stay with the posture, 
stay with the body sitting or walking, lying down. Same invitations, uh, invitation with the breath. You know, when breathing, no, there is breathing. And for us, there is a practice there of becoming aware of this, you know, and all the kind of clutter and activities of the mind obsessed with future and past to just know that breathing is happening right now. And keeping knowing this, keep knowing this, stay with it just to see what we'll discover. So the Buddha invites us to be in the body through the posture, the breath, the activities of the body. And so this is, this is talking about our life, daily life, all our life, but uh, about the retreat. You know, so what are the instructions? What am I supposed to do on this retreat? Well, here are the instructions. You know, when you do, uh, when you are in the posture, you could just let yourself be aware of this. If the breath is noticed, just stay with it a little bit if you want to. And when you're moving about in the apartment, room, house, wherever you are, stay around. Stay around to notice the hands holding things, moving things, touching things, putting things down, picking things up. So slowing down a little bit to actually be there as you take up the cup, you know, as you drink. This is radical practice to not depart. Stay there. That's the portal. That's the doorway in this practice. Being there. In the body, in its posture, as it breathes. In the different activities that we do. You know, brushing teeth, shower taking, putting on clothes, removing clothes, all the daily activities but discovering the familiar. How unusual is that to do something habitual, but discovering it, putting on clothes. What is that? It is like to put on clothes, to open the door or cupboard or close it, to hold a knife, to cut an apple. What is this experience like, a freshness? a non-blasé mind. So the activities of the body, the breath, the posture, the sensory experiences as they are happening. So now, you know, there are ideas being shared, but there's also vibrations, you know, at the very primary level. You know, there's sounds appearing and disappearing. find this absolutely remarkable I have to tell you because my mind so easily will go towards yeah but I need more I need something else and I can live in that belief and that stress and suddenly just hearing can cut through you know the idea that I should be at the monastery Kevin thanks for allowing me to play with this a little bit you know just hearing these sounds or this silence. So sensory awareness can
can cut through a lot of delusion, a lot of ideas. And then what we'll see in the next few days is that we can be aware of moods as they are present. Not the ones that I want to feel, you know, the high of this or the, you know, what I would feel if somebody tells me this or does this. I would feel so horrible or so great, you know. Not the feelings that I might feel or maybe have felt, but the ones that are here now, deserving of uh, careful attention, just enough attention, just enough energy to meet the local mood, you know, and to stay a little bit with it, not feeding it, not departing with it, you know, but just to be aware, just enough to know it, as it is, yeah, this is an art, you know, to be with uh, the worried, worried mind without worrying, you know, just being aware that there is unsettledness, you know, and not given all the discourse that could follow, you know, not feed the beast, you know, or being with uh, whatever else could show up calm or benevolence without, you know, just enough to experience it as it is without appropriating it in some ways or wanting more of it, or making anything out of it, you know, just, oh, there is friendliness here, slight, benevolence, or non-ill will is present, huh, it's like this right now, just enough energy to experience it. And so things of the body, posture, breath, activities of the body, sensory awareness, things of the heart, mind, or psyche, you know, can be known. The passage of thoughts, just enough energy to know that thinking is happening, but not so much so that we depart with it, with the train of thoughts. Just enough to recognize, oh, there's a lot to say in this being right now. It has a lot to say. Just enough to know that there is a passage of thoughts, descriptions, comments. Not too much energy that we would want to stop it, stop it, or to, you know, follow it. This is the practice. Attending to presently arisen experiences of the body and presently arisen in operation, experiences of the mind, heart. That's a lot of, uh, I mean, I put it in my words, but it's a lot of what I've uh, learned from, you know, our teachers and many of us, many of these teachers, I mean, are in the, in the queer tradition, 
the queer lineage, so many. And I like to think about this uh, sometimes, how many of, of, uh, of our teachers are, have been uh, queer. You know, thinking of uh, Zenju, Earthlin Manuel, thinking of Larry Yang, Irina Wiseman, Gavin Harrison, thinking of uh, Noli Wei, Alexander, Ruth King, Winnie Nazarko, Madeline, what is Madeline's family name? Um, I'm thinking of uh, Katrina Reed, Michelle, Benjamin, Mickey. I'm thinking of uh, J.D. Doyle. I'm thinking of uh, so many. The other day I made the count a couple of years ago. I was up to 50 when I stopped. In this tradition, Lama Rad Awan. Eric Kolvig. Booker, Leslie, Kate Johnson, many young folks. Many elder elders of all gender, gender expression, non-gendered expression. We're very lucky that we can practice this Dharma these practices in these ways. And that they, they so fit our human experiences, our unique experiences of the world. So let's take just a moment in silence together. Just allowing what is here to be known as it is. Just enough energy to meet what is there. We don't have to figure out, solve, analyze, dive deep in. We just know exactly what is there as it, as it is. Body sitting, breathing. Maybe a certain mood that can be recognized. Maybe agreeable or not. Maybe subtle, maybe intense. Just experiencing it as it is.
may all beings without exceptions us included may all beings uh, experience uh, safety be protected may all beings be able to uh, offer protection may all beings experience a deep inner sense of integrity and peace with themselves maybe may all beings be accompanied in this way and be offered to be able to offer this to others may all beings be free Thank you for your listening and consideration. And now on the schedule, I think there's a, there might be a pause for the for the the meal, the uh, evening meal for some of us. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/slash. Donate.